August 10th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, the uh, the Indians took two or three in Chicago. It was an eventful Sunday, to say the least, with uh, the game being moved back to ESPN Sunday Night Baseball, and then uh, a weather delay, extra innings. They they finally win a game when when using the automatic runner, but. Really, the, the game and the win sort of overshadowed by the news earlier in the day of Zach Plesak being sent home from the, uh, the team back to Cleveland after going out on Saturday night, partying in Chicago with his friends and basically breaking all the protocols that, uh, that Major League Baseball and the Indians had set forth to keep the team safe from the, the COVID-19 virus. Uh, what was your initial reaction when you heard that Zach Plesak had gone out on Saturday night in the city of Chicago? You know, Joe, my, you know that emoji when you that it shows a guy with his hand smacking himself in the forehead. That's what I thought. I just, you know, you know, any other year, you know, that's accepted behavior. You know, a kid goes out and throws six shutout innings against. A, the White Sox, probably his hometown team, the team he watched growing up and went to the ballpark a lot growing up. But you know, this is this is a different year. This is you can't do that stuff, and he knew it. And that's the thing that is so puzzling. And and you know, I get it. You know, I get you know wanting to celebrate and seeing your friends, and 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 we really don't know exactly what he did, but he right. left the hotel without permission, and he got and he got caught and. It just, it just goes. It's a 180 against everything the Indians have tried to to uh, instill in this team. And you know, how do you look a guy like Carlos Carrasco in the, in the eye when when you do something like this? Right. That that's a big one. Uh, you know, and that's the question I asked of, of Chris Antonetti was what what was the reaction of his teammates? How harsh were they, or how how upset were they when they learned about the the indiscretion and just the carelessness basically that that police act displayed. And, and we don't know exactly what he did. We don't know if he was going out to a packed bar with, with a bunch of, you know, college friends or whatever, or if it was something as simple as, you know, going to a nearby friend's house or, or apartment or something. We, we don't know the details yet. We'll have to ask Zach and, and we might not, we might never get a response on that. But at, at this point, when you, expose yourself you're not exposing just you you're exposing everyone in that clubhouse everyone who's related to anybody in that clubhouse including uh you know parents and friends and family who who they go home to and you're also exposing you know guys like sandy elmar terry francona and and you know victor rodriguez guys who you know are are trying to help you in in this at this point uh, and you just showed a total lack of regard for any of that uh, when you broke the protocol. Uh, I, I guess at, at age 25, I, I was guilty of the same kind of uh, decision-making, but uh, we, we, we kind of have to hold Zach to a higher standard at this point. Yeah, you know, I mean, what, what did Frank Kona say this whole spring training too, and, you know, that, that, you know, this is a different year. This is a year you're going to have to make adjustments. If you if you see some protocol that makes you roll your eyes, you're supposed to bite your tongue and try to turn a negative into a positive. And the positive perhaps will give you an edge over the opposition. 
And, you know, it seemed like Zach bought into that. I, you know, I remember him, you know, going along with the, with, with the code of conduct and saying, you know, this is not the time to be going out to bars and going out to, uh, to crowded places. We've got a chance to make, to make some thunder here at the end of the season. And we, we really got to be pointed toward that. And he did a 180 on this. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's disappointing and, you know, it's dangerous. I mean, we've, we've seen the examples with the Cardinals and, and, and the Marlins, what, you know, one guy or two guys getting back into that clubhouse can do. I mean, it shuts down the season, your season or ruins, you know, it, it, it takes a big chunk of the games, you know, post get either get postponed or canceled. And are you going to make, what are you going to play 15 double headers at the end of the year, you know, to make up oh. for the games you missed? I mean, it's, it's just irresponsible. And, and, and that, I, I just want to see what the Indians are going to do here. Well, uh, you know, it, it brings up a lot of points just, just in, in thinking of it initially, uh, police acts, the number five starter. They weren't going to need a number five starter again after this until August 22nd. So his position on the roster was already sort of in flux with, with guys coming back off of injuries. They, they were potentially going to send him down to the, the alternate site. There's that. Uh, there's the fact that, you know, this was coming off of one of his best outings of the year so far. Every time he pitches against Chicago, it seems like he's unhittable. Uh, He's he is one of their top pitchers right now. He, he's given up three runs in three outings, and he struck out 24 in 21 innings. He's having a, a career year already, and now we don't know when we're going to see him back on the mound again. Uh, just uh, uh, so many different factors are in play right now with Plesac. But how do you think the Indians' response to this all sort of indicates to the players on the roster and really the players in baseball because he's going to be the first, uh, you know, known active major leaguer to be punished in some way for violating these protocols. Yeah, and it, it was interesting. You know, the Indians, you know, kind of, uh, you know, sent a message out there with Fran Mel Reyes in spring training too when he was, you know, caught on social media, you know, not wearing a mask at a party. And now they they're making an example out of Zach. And I guess you know what once wasn't enough. You know you got to be the guy. You know you the example. You have to be the example. So you know, and and the thing that that I'm curious about, Joe, is that you know the Indians came up with this code of conduct, and it it seems like it was a lot of it was player driven, and uh, you know. Uh, you know, uh, Clevenger, Mike, Mike Clevenger, one of Police Act's best friends on the team, uh, said, you know, this isn't going to be a run to daddy kind of thing. You know, we're going to try to handle it internally, player to player. Well, I don't think they can pl handle this player to player. I well, mean, the players can have a role in it. But, you know, if, if you're going to suspend this guy or fine him or, you know, option him down, uh, you, know, the, you know, obviously Antonetti and, and the front office has to be involved. Right. Well, Shane Bieber did mention in his postgame comments, he was asked about police X, uh, the situation. And he said, you know, we love the guy, but he screwed up was, was Bieber's comment. And he said they will handle it in house. They will handle it in the clubhouse in some way, shape or form. 
but you know we don't know when their opportunity to do that. Back in the day, if if a, a guy screwed up something similar to this, and you know in the in the fifties or sixties, they'd all probably put a bar of soap in a sock and beat him in the shower with it, and you'd be done with it. You know that, that kind of thing would would probably happen. But uh, as far as what they can do within the clubhouse, maybe maybe some sort of fine, maybe you know carrying equipment or something like that. But nothing's ever going to amount to anything that's going to be enough to compensate this, these players for the wrong that you basically did them. Uh, all of that's sort of just like window dressing at this point. Yes. Uh, that's why it's got to come from the front office. They right. have to, they've got the hammer. I mean, I don't know. What do you put, you make the guy run through the gauntlet? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're the players. I mean, but you can't you even do that. Double secret probation. I don't know. But, you but, but, but you can't but, even uh, do you know, that this, now because, because this is the a distancing. serious thing and, and you got to, and it has, if you're gonna, you know, and the players can't find other players. I mean, they can I mean, I don't know, but uh, like you know, a kangaroo. Any, anything yeah. serious has to come from the front office if yeah. it's going to carry any weight. Yeah, and and it's unfortunate. And and the real the real problem that that creates is, you know, what are you going to do to to Zach Plesac's head? He, he had to be in a great spot, you know, coming off the mound at six o'clock on you know Saturday afternoon you had to think that you, you've got one of the better pitchers in the American League there, and now you don't know what you're going to get his next time out because, A, you don't know when that's going to be, and, B, you don't know what his head's going to be like when he goes back out on the mound. Yeah, that's a great point, Joe. And, uh, you know, I think one of the options, at least one of the options Antonetti was talking about uh, after the game was putting him in the bullpen. But, you know, do you put him in the bullpen now? Or is that a reward? I mean, does that mean he keeps pitching? Uh, you know, what kind of message are you sending to the rest of the team? I, you know, this is really kind of an interesting situation. It's going to be interesting to watch it unfold because they also have a lot of player moves. Uh, right. You know, it seems like they've got a, they're juggling the roster a lot. Well, and and if you're Zach Plesak, the car ride home from Chicago to Cleveland had to be, you know, pretty scary uh, if you're left with your own thoughts in the back seat of, of the car service that they, they hired for you. As you're as you're driving the five and a half hours back, you're thinking, well, if they want to move me to the bullpen, or or, or yeah, I'd go to the bullpen. Well, they've already got Adam Plutko, who's a starter, already in that position in the bullpen, and you know he can he can step in and be a number five starter just as easily as you. Uh, I I really think he's he's had he's probably had his his uh, you know come to Jesus sort of moment on that car ride home, uh, thinking deeply about what he did. Uh, in his statement, he talked about trying to uh, earn back the trust of his teammates, and and you know that, that's going to take a lot if if that's his goal. But uh, again, we do have a shortened season, so he's probably got about a month to do that if uh, if he wants to earn back his, his teammates' trust. And you uh, know the, that that's a great point, Joe, because part of Clevenger's quote about you know the code of conduct was if you can't trust the guy off the field, how are you going to trust him between the lines? You know, and, and, and this comes, I mean, this is like, comes straight back and kind of hits the Zach right between the eyes. And, you know, I like Zach. He's, he's, a, he's a good kid. He's, he's fun to talk to. And he's, like you said, Joe, he's one-fifth of the best rotation in the American League. And, mm -hmm. I mean, this has to mean something to you. And I'm sure it does right now to him. But, obviously, it, it wasn't that important to him, you know, after Saturday, after Saturday night's game. and. You know, I mean, 
it, it, it's I, it's frustrating. I guess you gotta you gotta understand that these guys aren't machines. They're young guys, um, and but boy, oh boy, you know, yeah. this is the one season where you can't do that. You can't. There's a line in the sand in this season, and you can't cross it. All right, let's uh, jump into some comments. We asked our uh, subscribers on subtext their thoughts about the Zach Plesak situation, uh, and this is what they responded in terms of uh, how how they would have handled it, what they initially thought about it, and you know what it means. So uh, let's go ahead and jump in. Uh, Dave from Avon, uh, his comment: I think it's awesome that the team wants to be the deciders in Plesak's punishment. Team chemistry is important, and this team exhibits both chemistry and leadership in abundance. Uh, so like we were just talking about there, you know, with the, with the Indians, the players want to decide what kind of punishment uh, is, is meted out in this, in this situation. But like you said, probably for it to mean something, it has to come from the, the front office. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, what are you going to do? Put the guy through a paddle wheel? I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if you're the players, I mean, what, do you ostracize them? Do you shun them like for three days? I, I don't know. I no, mean, you, you do the Game of Thrones and you march him down the middle of the square <laughs> naked, ringing a bell behind him and saying shame over and over again. It's it's obvious. I mean, that that would do it, right? Police X, free enough spirit, he'd probably get into that. Has anybody done something spontaneous and stupid in their 20s? I'm sure for most people, the answer would be yes. He made a mistake and he apologized. That should be the end of the story. He just won a baseball game with a brilliant performance. Uh, I think there you're sort of running the risk of saying, oh, well, if he's a good enough athlete, we can forgive any of his indiscretions, right? Uh, I think that's, that's a dangerous uh, thought, a dangerous sentiment. Uh, you've got to hold these guys to a higher standard. I've seen this. I've seen that that work a thousand times, Joe. I've seen management turn their head toward great players. Be, um, if they were running the streets at night, if they if they were uh, you know abusive to reporters, it didn't matter at, at all as long as they performed on the field. This is different. This is different, Joe. You're bringing a disease into the clubhouse. You can you can infect. Half the traveling party on a team. You can't have that, and you know that's why I. That's why there's a, a, you, this is such a you know unusual circumstance. You know, guys going out after games. That's that's part of baseball lore. I mean, after great performances, Mickey Mantle and all those guys. But this is different. This you you can't you can't do that. You're you're hurting yourself then, but you right. can't bring it back into the clubhouse and and you know, record for half, half your other teammates. All right. That was, that was from a, a texter in the Youngstown area code. I'm sorry. Uh, this one from the Dayton Springfield area, uh, a serious breach of protocol, but one of those things in life that younger guys will learn from. Uh, I, I, I still can't see just because he's a young kid, you know, giving him a pass on this. I, here we go. Uh, I like how the team made him rent a car and drive back to Cleveland, probably the longest drive of his life which he had time to meditate upon his sins, I would find him, let him cool his heels in Lake County for a week or so, and then let him return to the team and work things out with his teammates, which I suspect he will be able to do. I also thought the statement he released was appropriate. Okay, but uh, this has really got to have some teeth, I think. Any kind of punishment at, at this point in the season and at this point in this pandemic, I think really needs to have some sort of teeth and not just make him 
you know, realize, oh, I screwed up, but, you know, take something from him in the process. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, he, you know, you can find him, but you can only find him a cert- up to a certain amount, you know, right. based on the, I think you can't find a guy more than 500 bucks. I'm pretty sure a club can, unless, you know, there's cer- mitigating circumstances or something like that. Right. But, uh, um, but I, you know, this, this guy is, I think, closer to, uh, to the approach the Indians will take. I don't know if they'll send him down. I don't know if they'll put him in the bullpen. I don't know if they could suspend him for three games, something like that. But uh, I, I think and, – and, and then you leave Zach to uh, work his way back into the good graces of his teammates. Right, exactly. All right, this is a text from the area of Newport News, Virginia. Uh, the comment is – He's young and having success at the Major League Baseball level. Who wouldn't want to celebrate with his friends? He'll learn from this. Again, this is our, our textures, a, a dangerous sort of passive uh, slap on the wrist sort of attitude towards this, and I don't think the Indians are going to follow with that. No, I mean, how, how can they, Joe? I mean, when you've seen what's happened to the Marlins and, and, and Cardinals, and, you know, and you just can't do it this year. You can't act like a baseball player this year. You know, you can't, you can't be young and dumb or right. young and, and bulletproof. You, you, you've got to, you've got to maybe think a little bit more. All right. This one from the three, one, two area code. So back, uh, back in the Chicago area, police had the apology to his teammates concocted even before he left for left the Chicago hotel going out with his buddies from crown point took precedence over COVID-19 concerns immune to common sense for following protocol. Uh, so, so yeah, just a, a, a little bit more of a, a you know, a, sort of a criticism there. Uh, and, and I got to agree with it. That's, that's pretty much it. Uh, and PR, the P, PR guys, you know, they, they help the players with these statements. <laughs> these these right. statements don't come from the players, you know, no matter what, what the offense, PEDs, anything, you know, they always, you know, the, the, the statements all sound the same. You know, I'm sorry. I'm going to seek, for, you know, I'm going to try to win back to trust my teammates. And that's okay. You know, that I, I have no problem with that. Uh, this from Virgin, the, the uh, Joe and George, I'm sorry, George in Virginia Beach. The five plus hour drive back to Cleveland must have been lonely and gave Zach time to reflect on his actions. He screwed up, but his, but let his teammates deal with him. You can bet he does not do it again. Uh, yeah, it's more of the same what we just talked about. Let's take another one here uh, from the Cleveland area code. Uh, the Indians did the right thing, team first. Not to say Zach is above the team, but he admitted he was wrong, got caught up in the moment, and is paying the price. I like driving himself home as part of it. Now, did he make it back safely? Uh, from, from what we learned from Chris Antonetti last night, uh, the team actually rented him a car service with a driver. Both Zach and the driver tested uh, were tested before they they got in the car to go back to Cleveland, and he did make it back at some point last night before the end of the game. I love that the fact that they both got tested before before they got in the car. Right, and I it mean, was it, it just it just shows how serious the Indians are about this, and you know maybe you know if if. You know, Zach, you know, he'll learn from this, obviously. Well, and the Indians are, are known throughout the league at this point of being one of the teams that takes this, you know, 
as seriously as, as, as any organization in baseball. They've, they've taken the protocol seriously. They have a reputation for, for doing a good job with it. So uh, there, there's no reason to, to believe that if they weren't just going to uh, do something without thinking first and stick him in a taxi and send him all the way home. They, they rented a service. They, they did it with, with, with you know, safety in mind, and they didn't expose Zach again by putting him in a car with a driver who uh, could have been carrying the, the virus himself. All right, last one here, Bob from Tulsa. Uh, Bob graduated from Ball State in 1971, so he's naturally a fan of uh, Ball State graduates who make it to the pros. Uh, he said, COVID-19 is not the only medical issue being dealt with when the patient also displays symptoms of, and I won't read the rest of that because it was a joke. Okay, that's very funny. Uh, if he left the hotel in Chicago, he may have gone to see his family in Crown Point, which is a short drive away. I'm in no way, shape, or in no way trying to justify what he did given the greater responsibility that he has to the sport and to his team. Uh, we don't know exactly what Zach did, where he went, uh, what, what places he did go, but we know that Chicago is one of the, the cities that sort of players look forward to, to visiting most because there's a lot to do. There's a, a great nightlife scene there. Uh, I don't know how it's been impacted by the, the coronavirus epidemic, but got to imagine there were plenty of places or old, old hangouts that he used to go to uh, that, that he would have wanted to, to visit with his friends. Yeah. I, and, uh, all, all you can say, Joe, is you, you know, Zach's a good guy. And uh, obviously, this is a learning lesson. And it's a, it's a learning lesson the hard way. You know, sometimes you walk through the door and sometimes you walk through the wall, mistaking it to the <laughs> door. And uh, Zach is walking through the wall right now. All right. Well, uh, you know, that, that'll wrap up for, you know, just taking comments on the police act situation. We'll, we'll learn more about it as, as we get into it. Hopefully, we hear from Terry Francona at some point uh, early tomorrow before the, the scheduled game against the Cubs, and we'll find out you know, more about what the team's next steps are going to be. Uh, as for the ball game, uh, really an exciting finish to the game itself. Uh, Delano DeShields gets down a, a squeeze bunt at the, in, in the 10th inning after Fran Mill Reyes had tied it in the 8th with an RBI double. Uh, the Jose Ramirez scores the go-ahead run. Mike Freeman drives in the game winner with uh, an RBI double, or, or I'm sorry, an RBI single of his own. Uh, and then uh, plenty to talk about with Brad Hand, uh, you know, another another maybe questionable outing. But Oliver Perez comes in and, and saves it. It's his first career – I'm sorry, first save this season, fifth career save. Uh, the Indians win 5-4 in 10 innings in a game where they even had to do dodge some raindrops. Uh, Hoynes, your, your estimation of the, the victory there as they get out of Chicago, taking two out of three. Yeah, all I kept thinking about, Joe, was when was the last time we saw uh, an extra inning game between the Indians and a Chicago team, which was delayed by rain in the 10th inning? Oh, gosh. That's, what, that's how I thought this was going to end up. Wow. Yeah, I never even made that connection watching it. Wow. Good. Way to take us to a dark place, Wendy. That's, uh, that's my specialty. One out in the – yeah, two outs away from winning, uh, winning a game and, and the rain hit at, at the perfect time. But, you know, it did sort of allow the, – the rain hitting did sort of allow or take Sandy Alomar off the hook with Brad Hand. You, you know, you could get him out of there if he wasn't looking like he was 
was going to be effective. And you put in Oliver Perez. Oliver Perez got, you know, two quick outs and the game was over. Uh, sort of an, an ideal situation in an, an unideal setup when, uh, um, you know, Hand had given up a, a bloop base hit uh, to, to bring in a run for the, the White Sox and had first and second with one out. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe they didn't call the game sooner. I mean, Hand couldn't even throw a pit, a pitch it close to the plate. The ball was slipping out of his hand. It was pouring. And, uh, you know, Joe, just tell me what you, you, you were thinking when, you know, in, in the, uh, you know, Framo Reyes drives in the run, the tying run in the eighth, and then uh, they, pinch, they, pinch run, um, they pinch run the Shields. And I'm sitting there thinking, Jesus, they, this thing goes into extra innings. They just used their best pinch runner, and you took out, you know, one of, the, one of your hottest well, hitters. What made it hurt was that Domingo Santana swung at the first pitch and popped up with the Shields on second base in, in the, the following at bat. Yeah. So, so really, you, you made that substitution. You put your best runner out there, and, and he was useless in, in yeah, one pitch. And there's still, and, and you put him out there in a two-out situation. I said, I mean, you know, I mean, the odds are against you right there. Right, but if Santana had come through, and, and, and Santana's swinging the bat better, if he had yeah. come through with a base hit, you know, Fran Reyes is dead to rights at the plate trying to score on a, right. uh, on a ground ball base hit. So I could see the logic, but it didn't work out. But, again, it, it worked out because that you had – the shields up in the in that situation you had your best bunner up in that situation where you needed to get a bunt down and it worked out yeah you know and that's that's what i was thinking i mean you know it's weird how baseball works out because you know like just like you said the shield comes up in a critical situation and gets on a great bunt right and you know really just when you see a play like that squeeze bunt work and it it's it's indefensible almost uh, you've got Jose Ramirez diving across the plate, and McCann can't get the tag on him. Uh, you you surprised them, but you didn't surprise them because they knew it was coming. They just couldn't react and, and make the play fast enough. You had Yasmani Grandal at first base instead of a, a normal first baseman, and I don't even know if Jose Abreu is good enough to, to you yeah, know, get well, a throw in there. E- either way, you're exposed at first base, but if, if you're the White Sox. So really – when it works and it works to perfection like that in, a, in the right situation, the right play, and you actually get the bunt down, uh, you know, God bless Greg Allen, but you, you can't get – Greg Allen couldn't get that bunt down. If no, it, I mean, the, the Shields made it look so easy. Right. You know, he squared, so, he, he, everybody in the ballpark knew he was bunting, and, and he got it down. Like, he just you – know, You heard it's, A-Rod. It's an art. Like he said, it's, it's, a, it's part of the game that not too many people can do well. You heard A-Rod on the, on the ESPN broadcast, and he's talking, oh, I, this is the part of the game I was waiting for. I, I love this. This is, this is A-Rod who hit 600-some home runs in his career, and he's talking about how he loves the, the small ball game. And I, it's like, shut up, dude. Uh, oh, I, I love this. this. This is great. Shut up. You juiced up and you hit 550 home runs based on nothing but the nah, – anyway. He's pretty good, though. He's a pretty good ana- analogy. Yeah, oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. He, I, God bless him. But, but he's exposed so much yeah. on the things that he says because of his past. You know, right. he just there's so many things where you just sort of, sort of shake your head and go, "Can you hear yourself saying these things?" Remember, you're you. Okay, 
All right, we're going to get out of here and, and come back at you and go and enjoy the rest of our off day here, uh, the first time in 17 days. Uh, the Indians will take on the Cubs, and John Lester will face Mike Clevenger on Wednesday, and we're looking forward to that. Uh, Hoinsey, we'll, we'll catch you again tomorrow morning here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. All right, Joe, we'll see you.